It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Thanks for being a part of the Fearless Army. Drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and when you do, ask me a question in the comments. Each week, we'll compile your best questions and answer them on air. Uh, welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Man, thank you for joining me. Still got my Kleenexes out. I'm still struggling a bit, but I'm going to deliver. I'm going to deliver because I have no choice. Uh, we have a fantastic show. Uh, Shamika Michelle, well, not really Shamika Michelle, Dr. Shamika Michelle is going to join us uh, today on the show. She's going to talk. I, I'm, anyway, you'll, you'll see here in a second or you'll see later in the show uh, why Dr. Shamika Michelle is going to join us. Uh, Warren Sapp, uh, an all-time NFL great and one of the best people talking about football, is going to join the show. Uh, I will uh, extend my conversation on uh, Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp at the top of the show and ESPN at the top of the show. Fantastic show. Thank you for joining me. And, uh, you know, it's the new year. And so this is a great opportunity for me to remind you guys about all the great work we did last year uh, because of you. What we did with Preborns Network of Clinics. We saw over 58,000 babies saved. Thank you. Thank you for everyone who has heard Preborns message and my message and the way we have unpacked that message on this show I, I just thank you from the bottom of my heart because you guys, I, I, just to refresh your memory, for those of you that are perhaps new to the show, Preborn provides ultrasounds uh, to expectant mothers and mothers who are considering abortion. Once you provide a woman, a pregnant woman, an ultrasound, she hears that baby's heartbeat, she sees an image of that baby inside her womb, she is more than twice as likely to choose life. And so for $28, you can sponsor an ultrasound. And we spend a lot of time on this show with Preborn is perhaps, probably, arguably, yes, it is uh, our favorite sponsor here just because it's part of our life mission to support life and to support those babies inside the womb and the mindset that understands that life begins at conception, not after delivery, at conception. The things that you do for a child while they're in the womb has an impact on uh, their ability to read, write, their IQ, their comprehension level of reading books to your baby and talking to your baby while in the womb. How can you argue that life doesn't begin at conception inside the womb? Preborn supports that once again by providing ultrasounds. It, it's our mission to save 100,000 babies this year through Preborn, through gifts to Preborn. As a fearless soldier, if you're new to joining the Fearless Army, 
This is part of our worldview. This is a part of our mission uh, to support preborn. We've had Dan Steiner, the founder, on. We know where our money goes. It's not about funding a bunch of mid-level uh, executives, two and three hundred thousand dollar a year salaries. It goes directly to supporting women and providing those ultrasounds they desperately need. And then after the woman chooses life, preborn steps in and supports that woman as she goes through the pregnancy and through the first two years of that baby's life, diapers, whatever. Preborn helps provide those things. Uh, we got to continue to give to preborn. The way you do that, <coughs> just hit pound 250, say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. Or you can give the way that I prefer to give by going to preborn.com slash fearless. That's preborn.com slash fearless. That is part of our worldview and mindset. Uh, I want to start here uh, with today's show. I, I want to start by, because I talked about this in yesterday's show, where I gave a long explanation of, or long response to Stephen A. Smith's rant about me. If you have not, if you didn't listen to yesterday's show, you should. Stephen A. Smith, of course, did a 50-minute rant calling me names and cursing and, you know, worst human on the planet. I try to respond to all of that and put into context what I'm really doing as it relates uh, to Stephen A. Smith. And at the end of that show, or at some point in that show, I brought up uh, Shannon Sharp and the comments he made about Stephen A. Smith's uh, rant and uh, beef with me. I want to replay that clip of Shannon Sharp on his show, Club Shay Shay, or The Nightcap, uh, talking about me and, you know, why he doesn't mess with me and how I can't do what he can do. Play the clip. Oh. Right. I don't, I don't, look. I don't mess with him. I don't mess with him. He knows I don't mess with him. He likes to bring my name. You know Fox tried to feed him some information about this and that, and he threatened. Mm. I don't get into all that. I just look. I know who I am. I know what I am. Okay, y'all say all y'all little stuff because, see, the problem, the problem that he has with me, see, and this is what a lot of people have that, mm -hmm. that are journalists. You see, I, sit at the, I can sit at a desk on ESPN or I did it at Fox, and I can do what they do. Mm -hmm. They could never live in my world. They could never play pro sports. So mm -hmm. now, not only could I play sports and I was damn good, mm -hmm. I can sit across and I'm more entertaining. I'm more mm -hmm. informative. Mm -hmm. I'm more educational than you. And see, those that can do, those that mm -hmm. can't talk. You see, mm -hmm. they can, all they can do is talk. I could do. That irks them. Yeah. It irks them that somebody from South, rural South Georgia with a lisp that overcame that can do this. It bothered them. So Shannon Sharp's position is that I could never do what he do or what he does. I could never live in his world. We could never play uh, professional sports. And, and he's accurate. And, but, but what he doesn't understand is I could never do what he did. And so now that Shannon Sharp and I are both in our 50s, what he did in his 20s and 30s it's irrelevant. The things that he did in his 20s and 30s, I think me and Shannon are around the same age. And so 
when we were in our teenage years and 20s, I could do what Shannon Sharp did in his teenage years and 20s. I played Division I college football. He played at Savannah State. He was more talented than playing at Savannah State, but because uh, his grades and learning ability were limited <laughs> at that time, he could only get into Savannah State. And so back when we were younger, I did what Shannon Sharp did. Now, did I have as much football talent as Shannon Sharp? Absolutely not. I mean, it's like I never got a sniff of the NFL. No one, <laughs> I was never an NFL prospect. But neither is Shannon Sharp now. He's not. He's 50-some-odd years old. He's got replaced hips. So it doesn't matter what he used to do. I'm not jealous of him about what he could do and, and, you know, I could never do what he did. He's right. I'm not jealous of that. <clears throat> he doesn't understand that he can never do what I do. That, and and, and I, I'm not saying that to brag, but Shannon Sharp's never going to be a journalist, ever. He has no interest in being a journalist. He, he, he doesn't need to be a journalist because journalism's not valued in this space the way that it used to be. And so it's, it's could I do what Shannon Sharp does now? Absolutely. I don't want to do it. I refuse. It's like the whole point <coughs> of the Cat Williams uh, interview clearly flew over Shannon's head. And this, again, is why I, I say he can't do what I do. He can't think critically. And he can be entertaining, and I've given him credit for that. He is entertaining. He's worked on his broadcasting skills, and he's created an environment where other people who don't really think critically feel comfortable coming on his show and sharing their thoughts. I... I Hats off to him. I've celebrated what he's doing and how he's transitioned, how much more I enjoy it than what he did at FS1. But I've made a choice because the things he's doing now, I think, are very easy. And Cat Williams went on Shannon Sharp's show and basically for three hours explained what it is Shannon Sharp does. And there are many people who picked up on the fact that Cat Williams was perhaps trolling or trying to send a bat signal to Shannon Sharp. Like, hey, bro, uh, in order to get the support from the industry, you have to be willing to sell out. You have to be willing to bend over. <clears throat> you have to abandon your godly beliefs. Anybody can do that. And, and Cat Williams, again, I, this is my interpretation and other people's interpretation, was, was telling Shannon, we know what you did to get here. And hats off for the work you've done and put in. This is enjoyable. Uh, but Shannon, <coughs> we've all sat and watched a pro football player run around the country, run around promote stuff on his Instagram and social media feeds that his BFF 
is some out-of-the-closet gay male stylist. And we're, we've watched y'all sit courtside at NBA games. We've watched you walk around with some little poodle or, pupple or puppy like Paris Hilton. We've seen all of that. And, and Cat Williams was trying to say, like, hey, bro, don't take the deal. He was trying to went over Shannon Sharp's head. And someone sat on his show <clears throat> and explained to everybody, here's what you need to do to be super successful in this industry. Here's what you need to do to get the backing of the major media companies, the major Hollywood industry. You have to be very flexible sexuality-wise. I don't know anything about Shannon Sharp's sexuality. I really don't. I tend to think he's heterosexual. I tend to think based off when you, I used to be friendly with him and what all I know, that the kind of jokes, again, Shannon Sharp's famous joke, if you ever see me with a black woman, I'm holding her for the police. That was Shannon Sharp. Heterosexual like white girls. I'm, I'm not knocking it. I'm just explaining it. But I, I don't know where he's at in any of that. I just know the kind of signals he's letting off. When, and again, I'm not saying the guy needs to be uh, anti-LGBTQ. I'm not saying that, that he has to be that. I'm not saying he can't have LGBTQ friends. But when your social media feed and part of you build into part of your public persona is that your best friend, your road dog, the guy you running around with is an out-of-the-closet gay male stylist, you're letting off signals to the, the puppet masters that I'm down for the play. I'll take the deal. That's what Cat uh, Williams was trying to subtly point out to you. Like, are you down for the deal? You got all the attention over here. Everybody, your show's going bonkers, and this interview now has 40 million views. Did you take the deal? And so, <clears throat> there's, as I said yesterday, but I just want to clear it up and say it, put a little more focus on it. There's nobody uh, with a brain and any experience in the sports TV industry that isn't well aware. There's nothing on sports television from cracking jokes to doing serious interviews to putting together monologues to being entertaining, funny, whatever that I can't do. But there are certain things I will not do. I will not violate my values. I will not promote things I don't believe in. I will not send off bat signals like I'm down for the play. I'm flexible. Won't do it. I could do it, but I won't do it. Anybody, <clears throat> and again, as Cat Williams is explaining, everybody is doing what you're doing. They're hopping on board with the Alphabet Mafia because they know they have to in order to get the support that they want on YouTube or on cable sports TV. So, it's gone over Shannon Sharp's head, but not mine, because I can think critically. What Cat Williams was trying to communicate to Shannon Sharp, and I, I Shannon, I don't want you to think uh, this is hate, because it's not. 
I'm just trying to explain to you and the world uh, what it is you're doing, and we can all see it. Cat Williams can see it. And so I hope this explanation helps you. I wish you all the success in the world. I've said to everybody, hey, man, this guy's going to be bigger than Stephen A. Smith and everybody in the sports media world. He's, he's entertaining. He's funny. And he's giving off all the signals that he'll play the game that needs to be played. I won't do it. I don't want to do it. It's, it's that simple. It's, <clears throat> I'm sorry. <clears throat> and, and I don't like making excuses, but I, I shouldn't have. I've done <clears throat> two other interviews uh, before doing this show, and that was a mistake. And I'm only saying that is because I owe you all my best. And so I, <laughs> I just spent an hour and a half talking uh, doing other people's shows and other things before serving my audience. And I apologize for that, and I apologize for this cough, because the first hour and a half I was talking, I wasn't coughing like this, but my throat only, only has so much, and I'm pushing it. I apologize. It sounds like an excuse. I need to soldier through this, and I'm going to. Uh, l- let me, I got one more little piece I want to add to that uh, before I transition into uh, my interview with the doctor. Uh, but before I do that, I want to talk to you guys about, you know, my cell phone service that I've now had for a little more than a year. And uh, you guys know I made the switch to Patriot Mobile. Uh, for more than 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Standing behind their values and their exceptional service, they are an example of putting the cause ahead of the profits. And it's why I'm proud to partner with them. Starting today, Patriot Mobile is extending their Black Friday deal to every Friday Matters deal. And you can get a free smartphone when you switch today. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you access to all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding the left. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're supporting free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, our veterans and first responders, and more. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Keep your number, keep your existing phone, or for a limited time, get a free smartphone from Patriot Mobile. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Jason or call 972-PATRIOT and use the promo code FRIDAY76. Again, get a free smartphone with the promo code FRIDAY76. This is a limited time offer. Join me. Make the switch today. Patriotmobile.com slash Jason. That's patriotmobile.com slash Jason or call 972-PATRIOT. Final point I want to make, and this relates to uh, Stephen A. Smith and and just the feud that's been ongoing and the content we've been putting out this week. I want to make one more final point because people that I trust that are close to me, that uh, are assisting me, uh, mentoring me, discipling me uh, in my faith walk, have had some appropriate questions, in my opinion, and, and giving me pushback and, and showing concern, like, hey, man, are you handling this right and properly? Hey, show Stephen A. Smith some grace. And I got a very thoughtful email from one of these people. We had an email exchange, and I've had some conversations with people with the same deals, like, hey, mate, make sure you're modeling uh, Christian behavior. And, and, you know, show Stephen A. Smith some grace and make sure that he knows that uh, even though you have these criticisms of him, uh, that as a Christian, 
you would welcome him on uh, a more authentic or appropriate Christian journey. And, and, and same thing for Deion Sanders and all that. And so I told uh, these guys <coughs> that I'm going to marinate on the feedback, and, and I am, and I, I am, and I will continue to. Uh, but I, I just want to, and this is what I shared uh, with them, I want to make sure everybody understands uh, fully what it is I'm doing and have been doing and just have the proper context to evaluate what it is I'm doing because, uh, you know, there, I understand why some people are like, hey, man, is Jason trying to humble Stephen A. Smith? Is Jason trying to... Uh, replace God and render judgment and condemnation and uh, consequences for, for Stephen A. Smith. And I'm not. I, I'm not trying to humble Stephen A. Smith. I, I, I'm trying to explain to others uh, why we're getting so much bad information and how Stephen A. Smith helps us understand why the media is giving us so much bad information. And I'm also just doing what I've always done as a journalist. I've always been a critic of the media, all media. It's, it's all over my writing since the very first time I ever wrote a column. You can go all the way. It's all over my Anytime I've told the story about why I got involved with the media in college, in high, again, I tell people, I grew up reading the newspaper, the, the, the coverage of the Indiana Pacers when I was a kid, the Pacers were horrible. The coverage in the newspaper was horrendous. They covered the Pacers as if they were winning championships. And so when I got involved in the sports media, I, when I switched my major to journalism halfway through my freshman year, I thought about Mike Royko and I thought about <clears throat> who am I going to serve if I ever get in a position to be a columnist? I always said I'm going to serve the audience, not the people that I cover. I've told this story for years. that The coverage of the Pacers so infuriated me, I used to read the beat writers in the columns in Indianapolis Star News and say, man, they're not writing for me. They're writing for the guys on the team and the coaches on the team and the executives on the team. They could care less about the subscribers to the newspaper. And I used to say, hey, man, there's 15 guys on the roster and a handful of executives and coaches that matter. You know, maybe there's 20 people they're writing for. And at the time, I was at like, the Indianapolis Star, they have a subscriber base of like 500,000. Why wouldn't I write for that 500,000 rather from the, than those 15 or 20 people? That's been my mentality. So <clears throat> I don't sit around <clears throat> and think about, oh, God, I wonder how Dion or this coach or that coach or this athlete or that athlete is going to feel about what I say. I, I just want to be truthful with the audience. That's one. And so. By the time I started writing the column, when I got to Ann Arbor, Michigan in 1992, uh, covering the Fab Five and following the Michigan football team, I started criticizing uh, Steve Fisher, the head basketball coach in Michigan, 
and Gary Moeller, the head football coach at Michigan. Let's go, go back to 1992, anybody in Ann Arbor. And one of the very first stories ever written about me was in the Ann Arbor Observer. I think it was published in 1993. I was been there a year and had this incredible impact. And so the Ann Arbor Observer wrote this long magazine piece on me. And I think in the headline, they called me an iconoclast. And I can remember that I, 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 iconoclast, I had to go look it up. <laughs> and it's basically someone that likes challenging icons. And I was, oh, wow, they've nailed me. When, when I looked it up, I was like, oh, okay, I, I get it. I like challenging icons. And that's who I was. And they were talking about, man, Steve Fisher is an icon. He's the head basketball coach. And no one has criticized him because they're so worried about, well, they have access to him. No one's criticized Gary Moeller. He's the football coach. Well, we have access to him. Whitlock's an iconoclast. He takes on icons. Written about me in 93. I don't know if it's on the internet, but I'm sure it can be found, anything can be found. So when I further along in my career, while, while still in Ann Arbor, but even long past there, I started going after the icons in the sports media. And it was Mitch Album. If you know anything about the history of sports writing, Mitch Album was the dominant, dominant sports writer of the 1990s. In 2000s, he'd win all these awards, and everybody called him the best sports writer since Red Smith, and he's this and he's that. And I would call BS on Mitch Album, and I started calling him Myth Album because I thought he played fast and loose with the truth, and I thought uh, he chose to write hagiographies hey rather than the truth, and I thought he exaggerated things. And as I said yesterday, and I'll, I'll just repeat again, like he wrote a book about the Fab Five, and he said that Chris Webber. He painted some scene of Chris Webber couldn't afford McDonald's while playing basketball in Michigan. And I was like, are you kidding me? These guys are driving brand new SUVs to practice. I've been to Chris Webber's apartment, played video games with him all day. His apartment is plush. It's laid out with everything. And Mitch Album is pretending like he can't afford McDonald's. This is a joke. Mitch Album was very angry with me about that. Years later, Selena Roberts wrote a book about Alex Rodriguez. I shredded the book. She was another seller. She was a celebrated female journalist. How dare Jason Whitlock criticize Selena Roberts? She got mad at me, called me a homophobe. I didn't even know she was homosexual. She called me a homophobe and said that's why I was criticizing. Years later, I ripped Joe Posnanski, a celebrated writer. He was the next version of, of uh, Mitch Album. Loved to write these hagiographies. He wrote a book about Joe Paterno. It was terrible. I wrote about it, criticized him. All these things were very controversial, and I got a lot of blowback from the establishment sports media, how dare you challenge these people? I've been an iconoclast my entire career. I've criticized the sports media my entire career. The only thing that has changed, who are the icons today in the sports media? They're predominantly on ESPN or Fox Sports. Many of them are either black athletes, or Stephen A. Smith. Back when I was criticizing Mitch Album, Joe Posnanski, uh, Selena Roberts, as it related to <coughs> the sports media, there were only really two black guys killing it and making noise at that time, and it was me and Mike Wilbon. That's it. 
Now, there are a lot of black guys, black athletes, Stephen A. Smith, Jamel Hill, whomever, at the top. And I still am doing the exact same thing, calling BS on the icons of the sports media. And so there's this thing, we want black people, we want all the power and none of the bad things that go along with seizing power. When you have power, people are going to criticize you. People are gonna hold you accountable. People are gonna have expectations and standards for you. And the regime is cleverly using black icons as a shield to lower standards and accountability for the powerful and the elite. Because now, and all these people that, again, aren't aware of the history, have forgotten the history, never knew of the history, don't understand what comes along with power and ascending to the top of the profession. Oh, how dare you criticize Stephen A. Smith? That's racist. And you're just picking on black people and you're trying to humble him or you're trying to do, no, I'm doing the exact same thing I've been doing the entire time. And it's what we need to do with all icons. Hold them to a high standard. They're getting all the money. They have the ability to influence large swaths of people. They need to be held accountable. When I get held accountable, when people write all kinds of negative things about me, you don't see the kind of across the internet, social media whining and crying. Hey, Whitlock deserves that. He can handle that. He wants to run his mouth and say X, Y, and Z. Hey, that's what comes along with it. Because I'm not looking to be a victim. I'm not going to nail myself to a cross. I'm not Jesus Christ. And that's why I'm not trying to humble anybody. I'm trying to do what journalists are supposed to do. What I've been doing my entire 33-year career. But there are new people that have ascended to power. And they don't want to be held accountable. They don't want to be held to a standard. That Stephen A. Smith can write whatever lie he wants in his book. And he can go exaggerate whatever he wants. And he can go suggest and tell everybody to take the vaccine. He can go tell people, yeah, illegal immigration is good. He can, he can lie and, and uh, smear BYU as racist because somebody's auntie said on Twitter. Hey, man, if you want the authority, the power, the paycheck, there's some headaches that come along with that. Criticism. So, and <laughs> we're being manipulated into removing accountability from the people in charge. That's why they're installing these puppets. Hey, if we put these black puppets and let them pretend like they're actually calling the shots, when Big Pharma is telling them what to do, the same as whatever white puppet we install. When the global elites are telling them what to do, we can, oh, it's racism. I, I'm, I'm just not with it. So if you don't want the smoke, don't take the job. That's, that's, that's my point. Uh, guys, I, I got, uh, 
I want to talk to you guys about uh, the real story of Colony Ridge. Blaze TV is debuting the second episode of our docuseries, Blaze Originals, where Glenn Beck traveled to the quickly evolving Liberty County, Texas, to give you the real story of Colony Ridge. Colony Ridge is growing fast, extremely fast, at a rate of 200 lots per week. And based on what Glenn and the Blaze Originals team observed firsthand, the overwhelming percentage of residents are Spanish-speaking non-citizens. Glenn spoke with the developer, John Harris, and while he stated approximately 35,000 people live there, the local officials contradicted him, estimating the actual population is more than twice that. If nothing is done about this, there will be hundreds of thousands of people living in Colony Ridge in just a few years. And that's where you come in. Both the right and left wing media have given vastly conflicting reports on Colony Ridge and Blaze TV couldn't have traveled there to get you the real story without your support. This documentary is only the beginning of our Blaze original series exposing corruption and what's really going on in our country. And we can't do these productions without your help. That's why if you aren't already a subscriber of Blaze TV, subscribe right now for $30 off an annual subscription by visiting blazeoriginals.com and use the promo code Colony Ridge. In this latest episode, Glenn addresses all the rumors and brings you the truth. Is Colony Ridge specifically targeting illegal immigrants to take up residency? What is the toll on the existing residents? Is any of this even legal? And would you believe me if I told you that Colony Ridge could fundamentally change the political landscape of Texas and even the nation forever? Colony Ridge poses an enormous threat to the future of our country. And again, we could not have made the real story of Colony Ridge without your support. So if you want to see this episode and future installments, help support the work we're doing by visiting blazeoriginals.com today and subscribe using the promo code Colony Ridge for $30 off your annual subscription. All right. Uh, we've done some relentless homework in search of the doctor. Where's my... What did I do with my, I brought, where's, there was this, my screw, is that over there on that table? I brought it on the orange table. What did I do with that? <coughs> no one remembers removing the screw that was on that table. David Reed brought it to me. Come on, is it on the floor over there? I brought in a six inch screw because we got the doctor who installed that screw in Stephen A. Smith's knee. Uh, we're going to bring her on. There we go. There's my six-inch screw. I knew I brought it. This, this is a six-inch screw. That's in Stephen A. Smith's knee. The doctor who performed the surgery. Next. It's my obligation to hate discrimination. Raising up your hands for freedom. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back. Uh, as promised, uh, yesterday, if you watched the show, you know we put out our Wanted poster and, uh, about Stephen A. Smith, and we were looking for information about anybody that had information about Stephen A. Smith and his illustrious uh, career at Winston-Salem State University. Could we, and I asked for tips. Could we, yeah, we put out a Wanted poster. Uh, asking for tips, and uh, we have produced some fruit uh, from uh, our tips hotline, and thank you so much, and we want to remind you all, you can send us tips. If you have information about Stephen A. Smith's illustrious career at Winston-Salem State, uh, please email me at fearlessblazeshow at gmail.com. So we hunted down, you know, Stephen A. told an incredible story about uh, the six-inch screw that he has in his knee. He's got one of these in his knee. Uh, Play the clip of Stephen A. talking about his six-inch screw. My bone cracked in half my first year at Winston-Salem State. I still have those knee pains to this very day. Still, in the knee that still has a six-inch screw, in it that I never took out and in the left knee because I spent years overcompensating for the pain in the right knee. You didn't know that, did you? Yeah, uh, I've been there, Stephen A., when I've tried to sell two inches and six inches. I remember those days. Uh, (laughs) Stephen A. has one of these in his knee And so uh, we put out the tips hotline uh, and we came up with some results here. We have found the doctor who performed the emergency kneecap replacement surgery uh, on uh, Stephen A. Smith uh, at Wake Forest University. This is, and from what I understand, he had knee-gina surgery where they install a vagina uh, in the knee, and they call it a knee, Johnny. And Dr. Michelle, don't don't let me. We we discovered the doctor that did this surgery. Could you talk to us about this procedure? Hello, uh, Jason. Thank you for having me on. Yes, we did what's called a knee gyna. And as a black woman, you know, we are the the most educated in America. So, yes, this was, you know, a groundbreaking surgery and a knee gyna in order to have this six inch screw. It's a cavity first, a six inch cavity that has to be put in uh, first. And with this knee gyna, it's something that, you know, doesn't have to be shaved or waxed. It uh, lubricates itself (laughs) so that, you know, you don't uh, feel 
screwed. <laughs> and so that's what's used, you know, when you have to have a, a something like that put in when you completely break the bone. And and I've done these surgeries all around. You know, if you can put in the, I put in a, a wrist gyna. Uh, you can see the screw that I put into a wrist. And um, we, we do this. And as a black woman, I just feel proud to be able to have done that for such a great black man. Uh, are, have you done any work for any other high profile celebrities? Is this a common thing? The knee gyna, the wrist gyna, or a lot of several celebrities having these procedures done? You know, uh, Jason, as an orthopedic surgeon, you know, we work with uh, the musculoskeletal system, uh, but and that includes appendages. So, you know, I did uh, Deion Sanders toes. Um, I did, uh, you know, y'all call her Michelle, <laughs> but uh Michelle Obama. I, I worked on her uh, appendages and I actually also worked on Caitlyn Jenner's appendage. Uh, yes. So I do this all the time as a black woman. And Jason, I'm so good as the most educated in the country that I could put this stethoscope on and listen to your lungs right through the screen because <laughs> I'm a black woman. <laughs> yes. So this is what I do. You know, this is a groundbreaking surgery. I know it sounds far fetched, but yes, Stephen A. Smith has a knee gyna. Uh, you know, some people think he has a vagina as well, but I can definitely tell you I worked on the knee gyna for sure. Uh, well, uh, thank you, uh, Dr. Michelle. Uh, we appreciate this information and we, we bow to you as a black woman. Can I just throw in a, a Yas queen uh, as we let you go? Uh, you, you definitely are a queen. And if I ever uh, would like to have uh, a vagina installed anywhere in my body, I guess I'll be contacting you. And thank you so much. And I just want to tell your audience, if you need me, if you need us and people say, don't call Stephen A. Smith's doctor, let me tell you, <laughs> we don't care. You can call us whenever you need to. Thank you so much. Thank you, uh, Dr. Michelle. Uh, wow. This is I would like to reach out to. Anybody else, if we could put the wanted poster back up, uh, if you have information about Stephen A. Smith, maybe you were there on that fateful day uh, when he uh, took on Franklin Williams, the six foot two, 215 pound high school teammate, uh, while Stephen A. Smith was five foot nine, 130 pounds. Maybe you were there the day that one on one confrontation transpired because Stephen A. said that. The students around Thomas Edison High School, and I'm not kidding, in his book, that this one-on-one -on -one conflict between Stephen A. and Franklin Williams was so dramatic and so entertaining, the kids from around the school started coming into the gym to watch Stephen A. destroy uh, Franklin Williams. Maybe you were there that day and you would like to share that story. Please reach out to me at fearlessblazeshow at gmail.com uh, when we come back. Well, Warren Sapp is going to join us.
Megan Kelly, previously on Fearless. Do you think Joe Biden will be on the ballot come November? Next, yeah, next November. Such a hard question, but all right, I'm gonna have, if I have to answer it, I'm gonna say yes, because even though everyone around him and Axelrod and others are saying, you need to step down, this is absurd, you can't do it. I just don't think he's gonna voluntarily walk away from power. I mean, I just think he's not going to do it willingly. He's not gonna do it. And I don't think he's gonna listen to Barack Obama coming and putting him, you know, pulling him aside, saying for the good of the country. I think he's full of hubris. I think he's a dishonest person. I think he is very narcissistic, as you kind of have to be in order to run for president. And he's going to think he can do it and that everybody else is wrong. All right, you know what time it is. It's time for the best football conversation of the week. Time to bring in the QB killer, Warren Sapp, one of the greatest football players of all time. I'm going to do my part and uh, lob up these softballs, and then uh, we'll watch Warren uh, hit him over the fence. Is that an army jacket uh, you have on there? No, Adidas. Adidas. That works. That works. Adidas jacket. Yeah. That works. Uh, Warren, uh, the Tennessee Titans – Fired Mike Vrabel in a surprise decision. (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I I think Vrabel is a good coach. I think they haven't figured out the quarterback thing. I've never liked Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I think that what's it, Malik Willis, I think they miss with, and maybe Will Levis they miss with. Uh, But the quarterback situation has been the problem here. What are your thoughts on Mike Vrabel uh, getting fired? I do like Mike Brabel myself, but we got to go back to them trading A.J. Brown away, too. So if you go on a quarterback situation, you're going to need a receiver for him to throw it to. And I think everybody is on the, the tip that the Patriot way is dead. And, you know, that he's another one. But he's by, he's he's one of the better ones. <laughs> it ain't many of them, you know what I'm saying? That 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 you can look at and say, prepare team pretty well to go play a football game. And Vrabel had something when he had you know Derrick Henry, but once that leg broke and hey, the mask is off, and now it's about can you prepare your team to go out and get it done? And that quarterback situation really got crazy. I mean, I don't know which one was his favorite, but. They missed on all three. <laughs> so you think, and, and we've heard you say it before, the Patriot way is dead. Yeah. I think Mike Vrabel is going to get another head coaching job this offseason. I think you think that. I'm not sure if NFL owners think the Patriot way is dead. Okay. They normally don't surprise fire you when you're ready for another job, right? You ain't the new hot candidate. You have no offensive new scheme or anything you're bringing in. And the defense you played is what? The old Patriot? That's what it is. That's what he knows. There's nothing else to Rabel, no. Except reporting on goal line situations and catching some touchdowns in the Super Bowl, which is a little uncommon, but other than that. (laughs) And not one time do you remember them saying number 50 is eligible on those Super Bowls, do you? (laughs) Me either. (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) 
Me either. <laughs> you don't you don't think he's a candidate to replace Bill Belichick if Bill Belichick and the Patriots part ways? No. I think Robert Kraft is about to craft him a whole new general manager, head coach situation to where now maybe the Krafts get a little credit for what's going on with the championships in New England because they've been owning that thing since, what, 94? And I don't think hmm. at any time he gets any credit. It's a lot. He's one of the most celebrated owners. Oh, no, 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 no. Rick Ross at the party, all that, all that. Kraft, one of them cool dudes. Yeah, no doubt about it. But it's time for Kraft to get a little credit for what goes on in his organization, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think he gets a lot of credit. Oh, he doesn't. How do you, that's how you get away with the rub and tug because they gave you a bunch of credit. (laughs) <laughs> no, that, that's just being a billionaire. That's how that is. And it, this is a, a authorized thing with a with a search warrant, and we get nothing. <laughs> Unbelievable, right? It's just what it is, though. You know, that's being a billionaire. That's what that is. Nah, that's nothing to do with oh, the Patriots. Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah. No, no. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the story of the NFL last weekend. I told you about the hottest news this week, Vrabel getting fired. The, the story from last weekend, Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints decide victory formation. Coach wants us to take a knee. We make we a team decision it. to get <laughs> Jamal Williams a touchdown. Uh, your thoughts? These kids are out of their mind with Locke. What about the guy that goes to the, to the uh, captain's circle in Green Bay because they just going to his hometown? And not only do he go to the captain's circle, but he proceeds to do the Warren Sapp and kick off twice. <laughs> He's not the captain. But we know Jameis Winston has is, is got to screw loose. Look at him. Come on, man. Come on, man. Stop it. Stop it, Jamie. How do you make a, a team decision without the head man? That's all I want to know. That's all I want to know. How do you make a team decision if the head coach has given you a directive? Because he didn't want to deal with this. That's the part he didn't want to deal with. Hey, man, Jameis Winston did it. You know he crazy. <laughs> and then he gets fired. So I guess he got his last little hoorah. He got his little 15 seconds right there. You might well have slapped him. You know, you might well have just went all the way out. You know? <laughs> you felt so disrespectful. How you make a team decision – Without the I head thought back. Shannon Sharp had a great point. How you make a team decision without the defense? Did the defense pr- participate what? in deciding to change? It's not a team decision. No, 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 no. A handful no, no. of offensive players. Damn the defense, because we could care less. The more points on the scoreboard, the more chances we have to go hunt the quarterback. There's a bunch of crazy people on defense. We're talking about the head football coach. The head. The, how do you make any decisions and call it a team decision and the head man is not on board? That's all I want to know. Damn the defense because we crazy. We, we want anything. Run it up. Give me another chance to hunt the quarterback. But the head man has to deal with this. That's why you got to cover it with him. That's why you got to clear it with him. And so I was in a discussion, an argument. I'm on naming it TJ Moe who's on the show. <laughs> Okay. Where I, I, I'm, I'm like you. It's like, man, these young guys are out of control. TJ's like, well, you got to blame DA. Did I say he, you know, he he should have set an environment where they had more respect for him than that. And I'm like, hey, man, these guys make a lot of money now, 
and feel like they have a lot of autonomy. The players have changed. There's only wait. so much a coach can do. Anyway, your thoughts. Wait, wait, wait. You mean to tell me someone wants to blame the head coach because what? He created an environment the way they don't respect him? Now how the hell Black Monday, how the hell Black Monday passed him? His team ain't in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? His team ain't in the playoffs. He's got his backup defying him. So just imagine what Taysom Hill and, and Carl are doing. And let's not even go to the, the, the prima donna receivers in the nutty D line. Come on, man. You can't. No, don't do that. Don't do don't do Dennis Allen like that. Dennis Allen does not have that type of environment. Does he? Let me go ahead. Let me trigger you a little bit more because we're the, and, and I'll TJ's watching. I'm going to trigger him a little bit more. T, TJ, okay. it would never happen with Bill Belichick. And I'm oh, like, it. cut it out, man. Stop it. <laughs> I, I, maybe I do. in what, what, 2005. What, 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 but what, what God is Bill Belichick right now? Bill Belichick, just a little 70 year old man who who used to talk about winning championships with Brady. He's winning four games a year now. <laughs> it would happen. A daily established went through that. It happened too, trust me. It just, you just got to get the right nut in there, and every coach will get pushed at a certain point. But, ooh, Dennis Allen. Jameis Winston? Either, either W guy? No, he can't. Uh, he can't defy you. You got you to fire him on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, there was a situation where I actually agreed with the players on in Seattle. Uh, the players in Seattle won their final game of the regular season, missed okay. the playoffs, uh, but were pictured smoking cigars in the locker room. And I believe Julian Love, their safety or whatever, said, nah, these are cigars left over from when I had my first child and you know, two weeks ago and we just celebrated there. I don't think he owes an explanation. The, the season's over. You just won a game. You finished with a, 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 a winning record. You're ending the season. You're healthy. I don't have a problem with them having a cigar. They just completed an NFL season. They just won an NFL game. They just had a winning season. I, 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 what, they, they supposed to sit in the locker room and cry? I, no, I don't I'll have pack, a problem with this po- cigar. They, they pack the U-Haul. And let's meet at the local spot or your backyard. But there's no reason to smoke up an NFL locker room like that if you're not going to the playoffs. What, what, what do we celebrate? That's not the goal, 17 games and a winning record. It's to punch your ticket to go try to get you one of them right there, over my shoulder right there, one of them Lombardi trophies. That's what this is about. That's what the cigars come out at. But these kids don't give a damn. Well, they, they're going to celebrate whatever they want to celebrate because it's about likes, views, followers, and comments. And that right there will get you some likes, some comments, and maybe a couple followers. But I'm, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't. There's, there's nothing to smoke and celebrate. You're going home next week. You're going home on you Tuesday. You just want a no. football game. You just want a football game. You can't be happy about that? Yes, but why are you smoking a cigar? That is a celebratorial thing. Yeah, they don't know what to celebrate. They don't practice anymore. (laughs) I mean, they don't work. And now they want to smoke when you're going home next week. 
You can smoke all you want over your house. Go to your house and, and open a big box from the baby. And, you know, somebody bring some Pampers over there because you definitely need some Pampers. You know? <laughs> they definitely going through Pampers. I know that for a fact. You know, they get you some cognac, get you some Shea Shea, whatever you want to drink, and do it at home. Because there's no reason for that locker room to smell like that for two weeks because you know it will. And there's no football being played there. There's no playoff game to prepare for. What? Come on, stop, guys. Come on, stop. Stop it. You watch Joe Burrow do that in a national championship. That's what he had won that day when he popped out the cigars. I'm like, shit, I couldn't even pop a Budweiser after I won that trophy. And they smoking cigars just for winning, just for finishing 17 games? That's it? Is that where we're at? Yeah. Yeah. You said it. The wussification of the NFL. And there it is. And you ain't got a problem with it. Look at you. You got you got to hold the line at some point. Wait, come on, man. You ain't want nothing. You ain't I, I, I agree with holding the line, but I mean, kids are kids, and no, I just these are grown men. We are we are old, and we can say kids, but they are grown men, and they understand what it is. Go out, man. Go take you shower, do your little interview, because nobody wants to talk to a non-playoff team. You ain't got to worry about the interview lasting long. Trust me. <laughs> I've been on a couple of those teams where they come through there. Hey, man, how's it? We'll see you next year. That, that's it. No one wants to talk to the team that's going home. So no one wants to smell your stanking cigar. And I've never seen a guy have a baby get some Cohibas or a Bahiki or, you know, dab it off or something nice, Patron. You don't know. You don't get that nice. You get those little nasty cigars at the 7-Eleven delivered to you for your baby. <laughs> you got some real bills. They call peppers and Similac and milk and a whole bunch of other stuff, buddy. I don't have a no cigar. <laughs> I do love you sometimes. You, you, you may have won this debate. You may have won this Thank debate. You. I'm, I'm going to have to reconsider. Thank uh, you. No. All right, now let's move on to this weekend and people that will be playing important games uh, this weekend, uh, what the most pressure, I think, of virtually anybody in the playoffs is on the Miami Dolphins. Both Mike McDaniel and Tua Tungviola, uh, they've taken a lot of the shine off themselves over the last month of the season. They were both hot commodities midway through the season. Tua was right in the MVP race, and Mike McDaniel was – the great coach that everybody <laughs> loved on the end season. What do they call yes. hard knocks? Yes. And, you know, he had little dance steps and he was the cool guy. Now, mm, they need a black guy. They don't too? beat this Kansas City team. Yeah, he's, need a black he's guy too? African-American. Okay, yeah, he's right, African-American. Making sure. Making sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so <laughs> who's, who's under more pressure here, Tua or Mike McDaniel? I really think uh, they did him a favor by putting the game on Peacock to where, you know, the world can't see it, you know. I, I never thought they'd do that to Patrick Mahomes, you know what I'm saying? When, you, when you're talking about Peacock and streaming, you know, I, I, I saw Joe Rose and them pitch a fit down here in South Florida yesterday on the radio. I mean, they went off. And, you know, the NBC was like, no, 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 we got you down here in Miami. But if you're north of Glades Road, you're in trouble. So – I, I, you know what? We was giving the MVP to Tariq Hill, and Tua was doing his thing. Mike McDaniel with the great, you know, variation of the Shanahan family tree and coaching tree and all of this. I told you, when you get late in the year, November, December, and then playoffs, the field is going to shrink. And they're going to have to turn and hand that ball off to somebody in this 
thinking this way, pitching back that way? Nah, son. What? I was wondering what this play they were running against the Buffalo Bills uh, on Sunday Night Football. I'm like, what is that? And then when the Bills figured it out, it's all about blocking and tackling, folks. If your front ain't ready to block, your defense ain't ready. Third and 13, big boy Wilkinson got a chance to knock Josh Allen and get the ball back. He runs through him. What? I think the pressure is on the defense. They lost Chubb. They lost uh, the other rusher. Now it's on Jalen Ramsey and the rest of them boys to figure out maybe the back end has got to carry the front end until we can figure out a way to get us a rush or something. But we can't keep depending on a high-powered offense to give us 30 points because that ain't what happens in the NFL playoff games. It's not. The field is going to shrink. And you're going to have to block big Chris Jones up front if he decides he wants to play because he he decides if he wants to play or not all the time. You see him rolling around on the ground for $1.2 million and you're talking about making 30? Come on, brother. Come on, man. <laughs> I don't get it, man. These kids, you're losing the big prize by the little pebble in your shoe. Come on, man. Straighten up the pebble and then go get the prize because the game is simple. It's very simple. But uh, who's under more pressure? I'm going to say Tua because the city of Miami doesn't believe in him. The, 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 he has no, he has very little backing down here in South Florida. I'm telling you. They, we was talking about the kid not even be able to stand up, take one hit, and we might not ever see him again. This man, did he lead the NFL in passing? I think he did, didn't he? Yards, baby. Yeah. Yards. Yards. That's leading the league in passing. That's how you become the number one defense by yards, not by points, by yards. They do yards. It's it's easier to add up that way, I think. I think they stack guys. It's, you know, ain't, ain't, ain't real good with numbers, but the pressure's on tour. He's got to play a game to go in somebody else's house and get it done because the two things that I know travel in a playoff game is a defense and a run game. And Miami ain't got either. So it's going to come to the quarterback. He's going to have to play that game against Patrick Mahomes with his old, you know, hood ornament, Tariq Hill. And then let's see if Waddle gets healthy because they're going to need him. They're going to need him. I mean, Kansas City doesn't have a defensive backfield that you run from. You go to them. Trust me. And if they can find a way to protect up front and get that ball up, we can have us a shootout. We can have us a 40-45 game, 40-42 game. And I, I'm all down for that. Why not? Come on. I, 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 as it relates to being on the Peacock, th- th- they're, they're hoping that they can bait more of these streaming services <laughs> into paying astronomical prices because people are going to sign up for Peacock subscriptions just to see this game. And so it, it's, they'll sacrifice Taylor Swift, the cheap Patrick Mahomes, everybody to bait these streaming services into doing well, I guess if you want to watch deals. Taylor Swift, you got to stream it. You want you want to be a Swifty and you want to yeah. watch a girl up in the stand, you got to stream it. But they ain't going for that okie doke. No, not week one. It's just wild card. No, nobody nobody buys a streaming I, search for a year for one game. Come on, stop it. I'm not. I'm a Chiefs fan. I, I, I'm, I, I'm going to follow it on the internet. <laughs> you know that's, what I'm going to call you on FaceTime? I'll call you like me and my kid do. When I can't get it, you go on FaceTime <laughs> and then you just turn it around and just watch it. I got you, my dog. I got you. <laughs> the old way of stealing it, baby. The new way of stealing it. You, you FaceTime. <laughs> uh, finally, uh-huh. a game that's near and dear to your heart, uh, Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a shot here against a reeling uh, Philadelphia Eagles team. 
Uh, I want to show you, we, we have uh, probably one of the great authorities on football. Uh, many people around here call him Nostra Dumbass. Uh, I call him uh, John Hadley, our producer. Uh, John Hadley is uh, one of the great touts of uh, NFL he's football. No, he's a, he's, a, he's an Eagle yeah. fan. That's all that is. That, that, that's just Eagle talk. Well, I've seen that before when I showed up at the 2002 NFC Championship game in the vet and we were supposed to get trounced, ran out of town. Every Philadelphia fan had their bags packed and they was in San Diego in Jack Murphy Stadium in the Pacific Ocean on Torrey Pines golf course doing it at the North and the South course. Yeah. Okay. Did he, well, does uh, he have a report on, on, on Jalen Hurst's finger? Because when I saw that finger, it looked like his finger exploded. Or was it just me? I mean, dripping oh, oh, oh. blood. Put it back up. Put it back. Because I didn't get Put a it. chance to read uh, Hadley's uh, yeah, gonna uh, quote win by three here. Touchdowns. Uh, one of the great NFL. Three the Eagles will dominate this game, winning by three touchdowns. The Eagles minus three is a gift sent from the point spread Valhalla? Is that what? Is that my reading that right? Yeah. It's a blowout. Yes, sir. It's a blowout. What is a Valhalla? I guess I'm not smart enough. I don't know. It's a nice boat. The last time I checked, Viking a little Valhalla. Heaven? Oh. Viking, Viking. It's a Viking small. This boat. is why we I, call him. Yeah. Yeah. Nostradamus. Uh, <laughs> he, he's he's got him. Uh, winning by three touchdowns. Actually, can I get a hundred? <laughs> well, hold on. Be careful, Warren. I know you owe me already from the national championship game. Remember, I took Michigan. You had Washington. Just a uh, hundred. That's be, fine. Fast yeah, pay, make fast yeah. friends. Michael I have, Penix. I have your app. It's coming. Yeah. Hey. Michael Penix look like dude, trash. Dude, the O-line, your boys look like trash. Because number 55 from Michigan ain't rushing nobody at the next level. But that weak-ass spin move in the same spot. Are you kidding me? And then he just trashed over 73, 71, falling over. Ah, don't get me started. But then they still was one for 10 on third down in the third quarter. It was just a couple plays. I, 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 I had, I had no problem Penix, with that. Play like trash. I've never seen happier feet on a quarterback than, <laughs> than Michael Penix. He never oh, yeah, stepped into a throw all night, Warren. And he couldn't. He never stepped into it. He couldn't. He couldn't. I'm, look, look, I'm going to stereotype him, but, but damn it. Don't do that. Don't when do I get that. a black quarterback, I want a little running. No, I'm just sorry. <laughs> when I have a black quarterback, I want a little tiny taste of Lamar Jackson. Just a little something. Just a little something. Just give me a little yeah, back. A, a little, little yeah. sprinkle of Mike Vick, a little red <laughs> Cunningham, a little something. Eh? <laughs> You're right. Yeah. You're this right. dude just, moved like Jared Lorenzen, man. I mean, I'm like, what? <laughs> and you found him. And he was backpedaling the entire time. That. Yeah, but that, that, that old line did him no justice. And every time he put it in somebody's hand, it looked like they just had a beeline straight for a Michigan defender. Ain't try to shake nobody. Just run right into him. Boom. Boom. I'm like, uh, you do realize Michigan is in the Big Ten, and they do this all the time. They run into things all the time in the Big Ten. That run, run, play, action, pass. At one point, I didn't think Michigan – Jim Harbaugh took the greatest quarterback in Michigan's history out of the game and put a brother in there, and they were to run an option. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Washington didn't want to tackle. And when you don't want to tackle and block, you're going to lose a football game. That's what they didn't do, block and tackle. It's just that simple, Rilla. You know this. You've been in the trenches, baby. You're okay. going to block and tackle. It's over. 
finally, just just for clarity's sake, you think the Bucks win outright against the Eagles, or it's just not going to be a blowout? What 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 are your Tampa oh, it will Bay not Buccaneers be a blowout. It be? will not be a blowout. No no nowhere it's a blowout. And you know I give my boys a fighting chance because the one thing about Baker Mayfield, ain't no fear in his game. Ain't no fear in his game. And somebody's going to have to cover Mike Evans and, and Godwin. I, somebody's going to have to cover. And if they do what they Matt Patricia been doing the last couple weeks on third down, oh, we got more than a damn fighting chance because the first snap of the game, he took Hassan Reddick and dropped him off. Please do that when you bring your ass to Tampa Monday night. Put Hassan Reddick in the back and, and let him drop and look for crossers and all. And yes, do that. And 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 I and our gunslinger gonna shoot right now, cause Baker read it, baby. Hey, we played buckball last week and won nine nothing. I I had a I had a st- tingling down my spine, baby. Won nine nothing. <laughs> <laughs> buckball still working, Tampa, baby. But it's on Baker. This one's on Baker, and you know the quarterback's coming in a little wounded. If we can shut down that run game, cause I I really don't think the Philadelphia Eagles run swift enough. They they just they want they. They want some of that Mike Vick you talking about. And they put their black quarterback in bad situations with a bum knee and not feeling healthy. Please come with that same plan for me. And Matt Patricia, please enjoy third down for me. One more one more week, boy. One more week, 50% or higher. Yes. We, 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 we go to the next round. Where we going in? <clears throat> <laughs> Not sure. Maybe the Kansas. I, I don't. I don't. No, know. no. We have to go to the number one seed. We be the lowest. Oh, you're seat. in the NFC. My bad. Yeah, we in the NFC. You're no, in no. the NFC. Kansas City's going to go on the, the road if they win this game after this week. They have yeah. to go on the road for the first time ever in the playoffs. Ooh. And they don't have a run game. If or they win, travel. If they win, yeah. And they don't have a defense. All right. Hey, let's see. Thank you, Warren. Uh, hit my cash app with that hundo. Uh, I thank am. you. I am. Appreciate fast it. pay, make yeah. fast friends. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> hey, tell, 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 note your dumb ass. I want a hundred too. I want a hundred of my bucks. Cause he ain't going to just disrespect us with that, with that stinking eagle up there. And the stinking eagle don't look like uh, it's ready to soar. I don't want to hear that. Hadley, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover your bet on this. Not, not that I agree with you, Hadley, but I just want you and Warren to have action. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I'll cover Hadley on that bet. Uh, thank you, Warren. Well, that's a great way to end the week. Warren Sapp talking football. All right, let's play some tomorrow, and we'll see you next week, hopefully. Just wanna have freedom Sitting on the corner, never been alone